want to show you a quick video just that would make you laugh. Maybe some funny text messages you've received from your mom. I know Ash and I have both received some funny text messages from our moms. And so check this out. This is just honoring the moms in the room. Because God needed someone to love the least and the little into a real whole people. He knew that to love is to suffer, so God made a mother. God said, I need someone to get up at midnight, scoop up the most fragile of humanity, close to her warmth, sing a lullaby to soothe so the whole house doesn't wake up and rock until pieces come, though she can hardly stand, so God made a mother. I need somebody strong enough to open a pickle jar, yet gentle enough to tie a ponytail. Somebody who prizes refrigerator art, feeds the pets so they're not forgotten, works hard over a meal, feeds the family and friends, with, holds her own appetite until everyone has had their full before she has hers. Turn a rainy sleepover into an indoor dance party and the next day through squinted eyes says, come back real soon and mean it. So God made a mother. God said, I need somebody willing to sit up all night with her teen daughter after the first heartache, then dry her eyes and say, God's going to work it out. I need somebody who can shape a volcano for a science fair experiment, have a full change of clothes and a purse, who can make a fort of pillows, organize snacks, clean mud tracks, and who, getting son's license and sissy's piano recital, will finish her 40-hour week by Tuesday at noon, then paint it from the lack of sleep, put in another 72 hours, having sticky floors, dirty ovens, and happy kids. So God made a mother. God had to have somebody who would look into her husband's eyes and say, I believe in your decision, and I'm your biggest fan. Not love, confrontation, but stand for what is right. When the neighbors lost a loved one, be the first one to respond with a meal and prayers throughout the night. So God made a mother. God said, I need somebody steady enough to not stop praying over that prodigal yet, gentle, excited enough to welcome him home with a soup and a hug. We'll stop her laundry folding for an hour to have a deep talk with her daughter whether she should go with Rosie or Fuchsia lip gloss for her first prom. It had to be somebody who'd make manners a priority and ice cream runs frequently. Somebody to pray, serve, sing, cook, clean, and worship, and feed, and buy the milk and replenish the toilet paper cabinet. Encouraging texts to her son while she embodies Proverbs 31 and finish a hard week's work with a five-mile drive to church. Somebody who'd bail a family together with the soft, strong bonds of sharing who would laugh and then sigh and then reply with smiling eyes when her daughter says she wants to spend her whole life doing what mom does. So God made a mother. Yes.
Amen. We celebrate the moms. We're, we're so thankful for our moms and thankful. I'm glad to have my mom here, both my grandmas here this morning. And um, I, want, I want to ask my mom and grandmas, would you come up? I'd just like to honor you with my brother, John. And uh, we're going to honor the other moms in the room too. In fact, if your mom's here, if you are a mom, you're here maybe by yourself, whatever you're, what, however you're here as a mom or grandmother, would you stand up? We'd just like to honor you, give you a big hand clap and appreciate you and say we're grateful for you. Without you, we wouldn't be here, literally. Thank you, moms, for all your hard work, all your sacrifices, all that you do. We're thankful for you. And uh, come on out. We're going to bring you some flowers we got just for you ladies. And um, I know many of y'all have planned on doing something maybe for your mom or maybe you're here today and you're thinking about what you might do for your mom later on tonight. Maybe you could just send her an encouraging text or take her to lunch or do something special. But, you know, the Bible says that when we honor our parents, honor our moms, our fathers, that God says we're going to live a long life. It's a, it's a wisdom choice. And so today we honor the moms in the room and we're thankful for all that you do. Let's cheer one more time for all the moms, grandmas. Love you. We're glad to be your sons, grandsons. And I'd like to pray a prayer over all the moms this morning. And so would you stand maybe beside that, that mom that's in the room? All of us, we can stand together. And if you are a mom, you, maybe you're by yourself. Let's reach over and stand in beside the mom. Be a stand-in son, a stand-in daughter. And just reach over across that row and love on your mom. Tell her you love her, you appreciate her. God, we just thank you for all the moms. Lord, we thank you and appreciate for what they've done. And God, we thank you, Lord, that they're so kind. God, we thank you, Jesus, that you would bless them. Lord, give them strength. Give them healing. Give them health. Give them favor. Lord, I thank you that even though not, not every decision, God, Lord, none of us are perfect, but Lord, your grace sustains us. Your grace strengthens us. Lord, I pray for every mom, God, that you help them to keep getting back up, keep persevering, keep pressing through, keeping their eyes on you. Lord, that they find their strength in your word, God, in your mercy, and Lord Jesus, that you continue, God, to uh, just strengthen them for the job they have, God, for the young moms, Lord, those who have helped graduate their kids and their kids are no longer here, God, that you give them just that love, Lord, that you would be that sustaining, uh, Lord, help in their life. And God, we thank you that you bless all the moms in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all can be seated. Thank you. You know, I want to say something, too. Thank you, Nana, Grand Grand. Love you. I want to say something, too. I know that this, this weekend can sometimes be a hard weekend. Many people, you're watching online. It's hard to maybe even deal with what you're walking through during Mother's Day. And so I want to just acknowledge everyone in the room found this, this quote that I thought was really good. Mom, I was sharing this last night. And this is to the moms who gave birth this year to your first child. We celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who experienced loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you and pray for your healing. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you and we speak life to your womb. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. And that's the truth. There's a lot of stand-in mothers in this room, aunts, people, grandmothers who have stepped in to help serve as a mom, and we, we need you, we appreciate you. 
To those who have disappointment, heartache, or distance with your children, we pray with you. To those who have their children close to them, we celebrate with you. To those who lost their mothers this year or in the past, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your mother, we acknowledge your pain, pray for your healing, and your forgiveness towards your mother. To those who are single and long to be married, mothering your own children, we acknowledge that you're walking through this season and pray that God's grace will sustain you. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who will have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we sympathize and rejoice with you. To those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. To those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with all of you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors in our midst. We love you, moms. We appreciate you. You know, God is so good to help us through whatever season we're walking through. And one thing, Mom, that you've taught me and probably a lot of us in this room is to live with generosity. You know, one of the scriptures that you imparted into John, Sarah, Ruthie, and myself is Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. It says that the more that you give, the more that God blesses your life. That when you help others, God helps you. And that the world of the generous gets bigger and bigger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. You've taught us to be generous. When we give in church, you encourage us every time there's a chance to give to someone in need or in a church service to take that opportunity. And that wisdom lives with generosity because you can't have one without the other. The more generous you are, the more wise you are, and the more blessed God helps you to be. You know, one of the things, Mom, that you and Dad also kind of helped us with was understanding the vision of the church that we are not just a church, we're a dream center, we're a camp, we're a Christian school, K through through 12th grade, we're a Bible college, and we have international IVBIs all over the world. That's our Victor Bible Institutes. 1,600 different Bible schools have been planted from this church body in the last 30 years. 1,600 from this church. And so I wanna say thank you for teaching us to have a world vision, teaching us to be generous. And right now, we have an opportunity to give this morning towards something that's gonna continue that vision, the Victory Bible College housing. Mom, we've been talking about this, and every time that we've talked about it, you've, you've encouraged us that, you know, we've gotta set that example to sow our own seed. This past week, God laid it on your heart to sow a seed into this. You realize that maybe not your sons and daughters, but other sons and daughters are gonna come, be impacted by this, sent out, and change the world. You wanna share a word on it, and share just the urgency of why we're, why we're believing God for this in our offering today. Amen. You know, uh, years ago when we started Victory Christian Center, actually, uh, we started Victory Bible College and Victory Christian School all at the same time when we started pastoring, my husband and I. And uh, we just felt like we'd heard a professor in school say, if you're going to change this society we live in, you're going to have to raise up Christian education. And it's not enough just to have church once a week. But we've got to somehow get it into people so that then they can multiply that word into the earth. And so uh, 2 Timothy 2, verse 2 says, the things you've heard from uh, me, Paul wrote to Timothy, he says, share it with others that will be faithful and reliable to share it with others and to keep it multiplied. And so that's really what Victory Bible College is about, is multiplying God's word in the lives of people and not just in their heads, but where they're living it out and they're showing Amen. the world how Jesus wants to change their lives. And so, uh, you know, I think about all those Bible uh, institutes that are around the world, but I, this morning in our nine o'clock, we had Pat Bailey back with us visiting, and, and uh, I thought about, here's a woman, she, when she came here, 
years ago to Victory Bible College, uh, to our missions uh, school part of it. Uh, she was a single parent mom with a three-year-old. And people told her, you know, what do you think you're doing? You know, you don't, you don't go on the mission field when you're a single parent mom with a three-year-old. But you know what? God had put it in her heart. She left her surroundings there in uh, Carolina where she was from, North Carolina where she was from, came here to Tulsa. You know, she said her parents said, don't you know that's redneck uh, community, you know? And uh, she's just trying to warn her. She came here anyway because she had heard from God. And God began to use her life. I mean, you know, she took some real steps of faith. And yeah. today she's been to 138 nations, wow. lots of them Muslim graduated nations, from DVC. graduated, uh, went on the field, and she's raised up training centers uh, in the world. And I was thinking about it today as she was visiting with us again and what an impact she had. But it was because she connected with the vision here of right. Victory Bible College. And as you are here, you know, you may think, well, uh, gee, I don't feel like I'm going to maybe go overseas to the missions. But you know what? We've had businessmen, businesswomen. We've had people come, housewives come to Victory Bible College through the years, and we've seen what God has then done in their lives. They they want to start a, a connect group, or they want to they want to uh, then uh, encourage other people where they're working in their occupation. So Victory Bible College relates with a lot of different areas yeah. of life. But uh, what we've seen is the lives changed. And uh, I was thinking about it, Paul, as you were talking about giving that uh, years ago, uh, you know, we began to teach our children, even when they're little bitty, about giving. And uh, not just their money, but, you know, things that they had, you know, clothes or Shoes, toys. toys yeah. whatever it was. And so I can remember uh, the girls uh, wanting a playhouse. And I thought, man, we're just believed to get in a house ourselves. And so Bill just said to Sarah, he said, Sarah, I want you to release your faith for that playhouse. So she prayed, and he said, now sow a seed. So she, she and Ruthie got together. They sewed some of their clothes. And, um, and so anyway, within, I'm telling you, folks, within about three weeks, uh, we were out of town, and we got this phone call from a man from another church in our city. He said, I build playhouses. And he said, I listen to y'all on the radio. I go to another church. But he said, this morning in prayer, the Holy Spirit spoke to me that I was supposed to Praise give God. you one of the playhouses that I just made for your children. Come is that on. not amazing? That's awesome. You know, later on, the boys, I can remember uh, one, one summer, John had uh, been mowing yards. They mowed yards in the summer. And, and there was a person that didn't have enough money for missions. And, and, uh, and so he just felt to anonymously uh, give all that was needed for her uh, mission trip to her. And uh, that girl went on missions. And, um, and she went on, uh, she's not in this church anymore, but you know, she went on in a different direction. But the point was she went with God. And uh, then later Paul, you know, God spoke to his heart when he was at ORU to give him his savings as well toward our building fund. And, and you know, I believe every, every time we sow, this week God told me to sow a significant seed. I got my tax return and, and you know, just felt like I was supposed to sow a, a large seed toward the Victory Bible College uh, housing unit because all through the years we've just felt like every seed we sow God will multiply it back to us in one way or another and then it multiplies the kingdom of God amen the kingdom of God's not going to be spread through the mafia it's not going to be spread through our government it's going to be spread through the church and we're the church <laughs> and God's going to use us amen amen and, mom and Praise God. You know, I love how you always say the mafia. I never understood why you said that, but it's... Yeah, well, it's true. It's I mean, true. they're not funding hey, the Hey, and I want to say this, because we got to get to the main point Yeah, here. yeah. So, uh, 
I have her. a lot of stories. In fact, I saw a whole row back there, uh, the Lay family. Uh, you know, they're sitting back there, Paul. The first Mother's Day that your dad was preaching at the end of the message, Mike, the oldest, his mom had been praying for him. Uh, you know, the others were in church, but he wasn't. Mike came forward at the invitation. Got I'm telling you, this is the day, day for salvation. You guys, if you're here, come on, and, you're in the right place. You are in the right place. At the end of this service, if you need to get your life right with God, God's going to help you do that. Amen. Amen. So here's what we're giving towards today is the Victor Bible College housing. We've been believing God for it. And the students are coming in this August. And we need that housing finished by this September. August. So we've got $227,000 left to go on this current phase. Praise God. we come this far. We've, we've, we've been believing God for all the money to come in. And so over the next few weeks, we need to see that 227,000 finished, and then in the summer, we'll finish the last phase, which is another 400,000, but praise God, we've come this far, and we can do it. We can finish this together, and all the students that are coming are gonna get blessed. They're gonna have a housing that's safe, secure, and so at the end of your row, there's offering envelopes. We're gonna pass them down. There's a line on there for land and building. There's a line for tithes. There's a line on there for missions, if you wanna sow into that. And so today, we just encourage you to take a moment, pray, think about, Lord, how can I give into your kingdom? Just like as she said, when we give into God's house, he takes care of our house and our playhouses. Now, Come on, somebody. That was amazing. And, uh, you know, on there is also a line for prayer request praise report. Even if you just wanna take one of these envelopes to write down a prayer request or write down a praise report, we wanna hear from you. Those that are watching online, there's a, a link there that you could sow a seed as well as put a prayer request or praise report down. We pray over these, we celebrate with these. In fact, this is a few that we're uh, gonna read just for a moment right here. This person said, I received extra money so I can pay all my bills. Praise report. Praise God. Praise God. So incredibly thankful for a good doctor's report from my medical oncologist. Last month was my two anniversary of being cancer free. Praise, Praise God. God. Praise God. My finals are done and my missions trip to Israel is paid in full. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. So many of these. Praise God. Someone blessed me with the new car. Praise Amen. God. Praise God for my finances. I didn't know how I was going to pay the bills the next day. Quick trip. My job changed the pay and gave, gave me a higher salary. God is amazing. Amen. You know, uh, there's so many in here. And so we celebrate with you and we also pray for you. And right yes. now I want to pray over all the seeds that are being sown. Yes. And God, we pray for every person in this room, every family, every single, every college student, teenager, boy, girl, grandma, grandpa, father and mother. God, we pray for your strength, your grace. You know what they need. Lord, we lift up those needs today. And God, we thank you for jobs and better jobs, promotions, God, inheritances. God, that you bless them. Bless them coming in, bless them going out. Help them, God, in all that they need. And Lord, as we seek first your kingdom, God, and so into your kingdom, we know you're able to take care of the needs we have in our life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. amen. Well, the ushers will be by in just a minute. We wanna show you a fun video from our Victory Kids Department for the Moms. Check this out. Oh no, don't turn me up. 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 Oh no
kids in the room this morning thankful to have combined all the generations where the boys and girls at if you're under the age of 12 would you stand up we are so glad y'all are here this morning young leaders in training future awesome you guys are already awesome but we are training y'all to be leaders and men and women of God hey let's all stand up grab your Bible if you got it if you don't we're gonna put the scripture on the screen or if you got a Bible on your phone let's go to Proverbs 31 Proverbs 31, come on, we get loud when we open up the Word. And we are in the middle of our series, She Speaks. Everybody say, She Speaks. All the ladies say, stop, listen to me. Y'all sound like you've said that before. Ladies, say it one more time, stop, listen to me. This is what Proverbs is saying to us. And last week we talked about how Proverbs likens wisdom to a woman. It doesn't mean that men don't have wisdom, we do. It just means that in Hebrew language, the word wisdom is actually a feminine word, kind of like how Spanish and French use masculine or feminine words. And that Solomon uses wisdom and foolishness to tell us how to live our life, that there's two paths and you wanna choose wisdom. The greatest thing, boys and girls, you could do for your parents is first, to choose Jesus to be your savior. Second, to choose the pathway of wisdom. It leads towards success. And so we read in Proverbs 31, verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. And it says, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. I wanna say that to all the ladies in the room at Victory. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Come on, ladies. He says, charm is deceitful, beauty is passing. The good news is you guys are beautiful too. And he says, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. And I wanna say this too, a man who fears the Lord will be respected. 
this passage is not just about women, it's about men too, that we can learn from this passage how to live a wise life, how to end our life at a destination that we all desire and dream of, where people respect us, we've got a good reputation, we've walked in success. How many of y'all think that we can learn some things from wisdom, from Proverbs? Okay. So we all agree on that. Today we're gonna dive right into it. But before we do, we're gonna say the Victory Confession on the count of three. If you're new to Victory, feel free to join along or watch us because it's really fun. But we're gonna say these words, getting ready for what God wants to do today. On the count of three, you're gonna see them on the screen. One, two, three. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open, my mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Come on, church. God, we thank you for victory. Holy Spirit, speak to us today. God, do what you want to do. Lord, I pray that we would walk away refreshed, encouraged, challenged, and renewed. And Lord, that you would get the glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right, as you're being seated, give someone a high five. Say, she speaks. She speaks. So I remember as a kid, one time, I had uh, gone with my family out to eat to Rex's Chicken, one of the cool restaurants back in the day. And when we were getting ready to eat, Dad asked me to pray. So I prayed. I said, Lord, I pray that you bless this food. Tonight, God, as we drive out to Camp Victory, I pray that I will catch a lizard because, God, you know I like lizards. And that was my prayer. And after the prayer, my mom laughed. She goes, that's great, Paul. I believe that God's going to help you catch a lizard today. So that night, we went out to Camp Victory, which is in Manford, and it's a great camp. And uh, when we were out there, Mom and Dad, they were doing a prayer meeting, and me and John, Sarah and Ruthie, we just kind of went running around the camp with other kids, and we were playing out there, and sure enough, I found a lizard. This lizard was amazing. It changed colors, and I, finally, I was able to catch it. I grabbed it, and I was like, oh my goodness, God answers prayers. Come on. And so I took that lizard, and I couldn't wait to show my mom. And so I ran to the chapel area where mom was praying for other women, and she was praying for them to receive the Holy Spirit. And so I had the lizard, and I was grabbing her side of her dress, and, Mom, Mom, I caught the lizard. And she wouldn't listen to me. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to show her the praise report. So I put the praise report right on her dress, and it began to crawl up the side of her, up her neck. And she goes, Whoo! Hey! Oh, whoa. And the woman that was getting prayed for thought the Holy Spirit was just moving. And so the woman's going like this. Yeah, come on, somebody. And um, I was standing there laughing, and my brother John was laughing, and we had a good old time. But I think about how I'm thankful my mom has put up with a lot of the craziness that John and I have done over the years. And, uh, you know, here's the thing about wisdom. Wisdom is not always the easy choice. Wisdom oftentimes is the tough choice. But wisdom will always be a path that's in front of you. Every day, we're faced with a path. Yesterday, I went uh, bike riding with my son, and uh, he wasn't sitting on here. Ashley wanted everyone to know in the last service, there was a little thing attached to this, but I took him on a little bike ride, and we were going down the path, and we came across, and I just wanted to ride the bike today just to see you guys back here and say, hi, everybody. Good to see y'all over there. And then I came to this place where there was a fork in the road. I could either go left or I could go right. Liam was looking to, which way was I gonna go? And the way that I chose would determine the destination I would end up at. So I decided to go this way. And I went down the path and praise God, I chose the right path. Everybody say the right path. Did you know that in life, 
there's always two paths to choose. There's the path of foolishness and there's the path of wisdom. And Solomon says the path you choose determines the destination you end up at. Last week we talked about how direction, not intention, determines destination. In other words, no matter how good your intentions are, it's the choices you make on a daily basis that puts you on the right path that land you in the right destination. Everybody say direction, direction. not intention, direction. determines destination. So I told this story last week, but I want to elaborate on it a little bit. When I was in college, I studied for a Spanish test. Really, I only studied for like five minutes. <laughs> and um, it was a big test, and I was busy, and I had a lot going on. Plus, I relied upon my wits of going to my Spanish teacher and asking him if I could mow his yard for extra credit. So I mowed his yard. I brought him lemonade. I surprised him with nice things. And he was so thankful, he gave me 10 extra credit points. I was hoping for like... 50 extra credit points. That's what I needed to change my grade because when I took the test, I did so bad, I had a D minus. And I cried, I said, please, I mowed your yard. I'm so sorry, forgive me, I didn't study enough. And he goes, Paul, I forgive you. But it doesn't change your grade. It doesn't change the consequences of your decision. Because last week we also said this, that forgiveness and consequences are two different things. One doesn't override the other. And so it's important that when we decide the choices for our life, that we realize this is a cost. This is a price to pay. Going down this path is going to either lead me towards success or lead me towards destruction. And, and wisdom says this. Wisdom, uh, Solomon says that wisdom will always lead you towards success. How many of you guys want more success in your life? The results of choosing the path of wisdom, going down that pathway, are this. Longer life, a happier life, better relationships, better sleep, come on somebody, um, a better reputation. That's something money can't buy. And so that's why this month we chose to do a series on Proverbs. And why not go to the proverb about mothers on Mother's Day? Proverbs 31 is such a good chapter, not just for moms, but for all of us to lean in and listen. And this is the question I want us to ask ourselves, and we asked it last week, we're gonna ask it again today. What does wisdom require of me? Let's say it together. What does wisdom require of me? Because if we can find out what wisdom requires, and if we apply it in our lives, we can land in a destination of success. So let's, let's dive in right now. Proverbs 31, we look at this story, and it's, it's really a pathway. He talks about this virtuous woman. Verse 10, he says, who can find a virtuous wife? And I might say this, who can find a virtuous person? Who can find a man of God? Who can find a woman of God? At a young age or an old age, no matter what's happened, this is the day the Lord has made. Get back up on the bike and try again. Even if you feel like you failed today, lean in and listen. God's mercy is big enough to give you a second chance. As a mom, as a dad, as a son, a daughter, listen to what God's saying. I love mom's story about how on Mother's Day many years ago, that man decided to choose salvation. One of the greatest choices you can make, even if you feel like you failed, is to let God give you a fresh start again. So he says, who can find this? What does she look like? What does he live like? And I wanna point out four characteristics that lead you down a pathway of wisdom. Four characteristics that lead you down a pathway of wisdom. Number one, she values God, she values others, and she values herself. She values God, she values others and she values herself. She understands that God is worthy, other people are worth something, and that she's worth something. I wanna encourage you, never sell yourself short. 
Never think that you're not that valuable or that your role doesn't matter. Moms, you are so valuable. Dads, you are so valuable. Sons and daughters, you are so valuable. Whatever season of life you're in, you are valuable. You know, I remember one, one day I was on a missions trip and we were in Atlanta, downtown, and I saw a homeless man. He was sitting at a corner table and he had his Bible out. He was reading his Bible. He had a lot of stuff that he had been holding on to out in the park, different stuff that he had collected. And I went over to him. I said, sir, what's your name? And he told me his name. And I said, are you a Christian? He said, well, yeah, I'm reading the Bible. And I said, okay, awesome, cool. And he said, uh, you know, I, I didn't used to be like this. I actually used to be a businessman. I had a job at one time and was making good money, but made some bad decisions, and I ended up in this place. And he said, now I'm homeless. I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have any money to my name, and I've got bad relationships with my family. Things are broken. And I, I started to talk to him, and he said, where are you from anyways? And I just, I was trying to encourage him. He said, well, I told him, I said, I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. He goes, Tulsa, Oklahoma? I said, yes, sir. And he goes, I used to live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I said, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, I went to this one church there called Victory Christian Center. <laughs> really? What'd you think about the church? He goes, well, let me tell you something. That Billy Joe Doherty. I was like, yes. And he goes, and that Sharon Doherty. And I go, yes. He goes, man, I trust those people. I like them a whole lot. I go, well, good, because they're my parents. And he goes, what? Billy Joe and Sharon are your parents? I said, yes. And he goes, man, you got to tell them that they impacted my life so much. And he said, you know, sometimes I get discouraged in the season that I'm in out here as a homeless man. And he pulled out of his backpack this small purple book, and it said, you are valuable. He said, your dad gave me this book in the mid-90s. I got, got a hold of it. And he said, I, I have to remind myself every day that God still values me. And I want to tell you, no matter what you've walked through, God still values you. God still values you. No matter how messed up you feel like you are, what you've done wrong, God values you. And a person of wisdom understands that when they value God, which means putting a value on reading the Bible, putting a value on going to church, putting a value on prayer, it's going to set them up for success. And then putting a value on others. I heard someone say that the way you treat creation reveals the way you feel about the creator. The way you treat creation reveals the way you feel about the creator. So I want to encourage you to treat people with value. Treat them with honor. Honor doesn't mean you agree with everything they say. It just means you respect them. Boys and girls, I want to encourage you to respect your parents. Honor your parents. The Bible says that when we honor our parents, we're going to live a long life. In other words, they won't kill you, and you're going to live long. <laughs> so I want to encourage us to honor. Honor each other. Parents, honor each other. Honor your spouse. Walk in that sense of honor, and honor yourself. You know, I heard a story, and it was a true story, in a small town in Asia, there was this big, old, ugly rock statue that sat there for decades and decades, and people would throw their gum on it, spit on it, throw their trash in it, and say, man, we just need to get this big, old, ugly rock statue out of here. It's worthless. And so one day, the mayor of the town said, okay, we'll get it out of here. It's been here for so long, I don't know who put it here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know why it's still here. True story, the mayor got tractors. It was so big, they started pulling it out of the town. And as they were pulling it out, the rock pieces around the statue began to crumble. And inside that rock statue sat the largest golden statue in all of Asia. Nobody knew it was in there except for the one who put it there from the start. 
And I wanna tell you today, God sees gold inside of you because he put it inside of you. No matter what people have said about you, no matter what you've said about you, when you look in the mirror, God says there is gold inside you. There is value inside of yourself and inside of others around you. No matter what's going on, wisdom values people, God, and yourself. So choose wisdom. Choose the pathway of honor and value. I remember sitting in lunch one time at, at our school, and I was looking at my lunch bag. I had a brown sack lunch, and I was looking at other people's lunch pails, and I was like, man, so nice. They got like four zippers, and I just got this brown bag. And I began to compare. And I looked in my brown bag, ham sandwich. And I looked in theirs, Lunchable? What? Kids cuisine? Capri Sun? No way! Man, I wish I had their lunch. And I started comparing my lunch with their lunch. And I want to tell you this, comparison is a pathway towards destruction. Comparison will steal the value of what God's given you and the ability to value other people. And so all of us, let's learn to celebrate the lunch we have and celebrate the other people's lunches in the room. You may not have a Lunchable, you may not get a Capri Sun, but man, God blessed you with a ham sandwich. God blessed you with a brown bag, a PB&J sandwich. God blessed you with a, with a family. And sometimes we get discouraged because we look at other families or we look at other people and we think, man, I wish I had what they had. Wish I had their job, wish I had their car, wish I had their clothes, wish I had their marriage, their family, their kids, their mom, their dad, whatever it is. And God says, stop comparing because it's robbing you of the value that I've put inside your hands. Proverbs says this, in Proverbs chapter four, verse 25, he says, don't look to the left or to the right. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Keep your eyes on what's right in front of you. That's from Proverbs chapter four, verse 25 and 27. He says, look at what you have. Don't look at what others have. Don't get caught in envy or jealousy or comparison, but focus on what God's given you. Wisdom chooses to value Others, God, and his self and herself. You know, I came across a video that really touched my heart this uh, last week, a couple weeks ago, and it was showing how people have a choice every day to choose whether they're gonna walk in honor and value or disrespect and undervaluing themselves. I want you to watch this. This is powerful. It was my choice. And now I will question myself for the next few weeks, maybe a month. We had an option of two pathways to walk and they led to two doorways. It was a bit confronting actually, to be honest, to see these big signs and feeling like you had to choose and be self-conscious of how you perceive yourself and perhaps if it lines up with how the rest of the world perceives you. I went through the average door. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't even hesitate. Am I choosing because of what's constantly bombarded at me, what I'm being told that I should accept, or am I choosing because that's what I really believe? 
I walked into that door with said average and I didn't feel really good after that because obviously I had rated myself average and nobody else. Todos os dias eu passo pela porta comum e ontem foi um dia único e eu optei por passar pelo bonita. I wanted to go through the average door, but my mum just pulled me over to the beautiful door. triumphant feeling. It was like telling the world, I think I'm beautiful. I just wish more young women realized it. I think I would walk through the beautiful door. Be maybe I could walk in that door. You can. Next time I look into the mirror, I will see somebody really beautiful looking back at me. Beautiful is a great word. So why not see what's on the other side of that? Come on, choose value, choose beautiful. You are valuable. Don't let anyone tell you you're not because God says you are. And wisdom chooses beautiful. Wisdom chooses value. You know, I, I loved in that video when it showed a mom pulling her daughter away from the average door and pulling her through the beautiful door. Because the way that we treat creation reveals the way we feel towards the creator. If we truly honor God, let's honor each other. Let's see the potential in others. Let's stop talking about what's bad about ourselves and bad about others. Let's start talking about what's right. You know, every, every Sunday I'm tempted to pick apart the negative things that I did wrong in my sermons. And I have to remind myself, but Paul, God still ministered to someone in the room. God still used our life. And I wanna tell you, don't get caught always picking apart, picking apart the negative things you do. Find the good things, because God, when he sees you looking in the mirror, he says, you are valuable. You are valuable, and so are your children, so are your parents, so is your family, so are the people around you. Number two, a pathway we see in Proverbs 31 is she's strengthened by laughter. Proverbs 31, 25 says that she laughs at the days to come. You have two choices every day, the choice to get stressed or the choice to just laugh. There are certain things that are out of your control, things that you can't really determine how they're gonna turn out, so you can choose to either get afraid, angry, offended, or just choose to laugh. Ashley, you had a moment this past week where Liam was sort of frustrating you, and in that moment, you had to make a decision whether you were gonna get stressed or laughed. Share what happened. Yeah. I had a moment this morning when I could barely talk in front of you guys. You guys are so sweet. You gotta choose to laugh at yourself and not get so stressed out. Lighten up and loosen up. Well, this, uh, yesterday, of course, I was in a hurry, and Liam, yeah, he makes a mess every day. And uh, But it's a I, beautiful mess. Yeah, it's a beautiful mess. Um, well, Yesterday I was in a hurry and he has just figured out how to climb chairs in the kitchen. 
And so anyways, he, I found him on this chair and I just changed his outfit. We were ready to go. And he, he also really loves uh, water and water bottles, anything he can get a hands, his hands in. This morning he was, I don't know, digging literally out of the dog food bowl and eating dog food. I thought Paul was Praise watching God. him. I thought he thought I was watching him. Praise God, he was delivered. I was we'll able talk to get about that it later. dog food. Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> we're just keeping it real up here. Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. So, anyways, so anyways, he was he had the water bottle and he just started just pouring it literally just all over himself, just like the whole water bottle. And then it was all over the kitchen table, and then he was splashing all over in it. And I was at first, I I was really starting to get a little stressed out because I had somewhere to be. And then I was, I just thought this moment, you know what? It's just water, it's okay, and it'll dry. Let's just have a water party in the kitchen. And so anyways, we just started playing in the water, in the mess. Come on, singing in the rain. Singing in the rain. Dancing in the rain. And you know, yes, one day I might be Kool-Aid and I pray that I respond with the same peace, you know. <laughs> Me too. But, <clears throat> amen, we will in Jesus' name. But, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I love being a mom, you know, but there's a lot of opportunities to let the inconveniences and the things that don't go your way and the things that don't turn out as planned, just like in life, steal your joy. And I am a better mom when I choose to be strengthened by laughter and make the most of a moment. I feel like we are all better humans when we choose We're better followers of Jesus when we choose joy. Yes, when we choose joy instead of missing out, let's not miss out on the moments and be so stressed out of the things that God has right in front of us. Choose joy. Amen, amen. Proverbs 17, 22 says, a merry heart is medicine to your soul. That it is medicine to your mind, to your body. Did you know that laughter actually decreases the chances of heart attack? Laughter increases your immune system. Laughter makes you a healthier person. Did you know that babies in their prime laugh over 200 times a day? But by the time people reach the age of 20, we we laugh less than 23 times a day. The older we get, the harder it is for us to choose to laugh. But laughter is a choice just like stress is a choice. And I want to encourage you, choose laughter because wisdom laughs. Wisdom laughs. Sounds foolish, right? But wisdom laughs. Because wisdom understands that the more I laugh, the healthier I get. The more I laugh, the more joy I get. And Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So I want to encourage you this week. Shake off that spirit of stress, that spirit of heaviness, of depression. Put on a garment of praise and just choose to laugh. Laugh yourself out of depression. Laugh yourself out of stress. Laugh yourself out of offense. Just choose to laugh. I remember one time a girl ran over my foot with her car. When I was in the parking lot of Walgreens at Redbox, I was standing in line. This girl just pulls up, runs over my foot. She hops out of the car and she says, did I just run over your foot? I was like, yes. She backs the car up and hits my car. And I was standing there just so ready to get stressed and angry. And you know what I, I decided to do? I was like, all I can do is really just laugh about this right now. <laughs> and I started laughing, painful laugh. Like it was crying, like this hurts, but I'm laughing. She goes, <laughs> in fact, it, it was just getting worse and worse. I said, God bless you. We'll just come to victory one day. We invite you to church. Just don't drive near me when you see me in the parking lot. Number three, she sees the reward of serving. She sees the reward. When we look at Proverbs 31, what is it that makes this person, this woman, this man of God, 
so honorable and so successful at the end of their life, they see the reward of serving. You will never go wrong with a servant's heart. Moms, thank you for showing us an example of servanthood. You know, the greatest servant in all the world was Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 20, verse 28, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. The greatest title we can get in this life is servant. It's not CEO, it's not doctor, it's not pastor, worship leader, manager, supervisor, it is servant. And so how do we practically walk out this joy, the, the rewards, because the more that you serve, the more rewards you're gonna get down the road. There are greater rewards in serving than there are in being served. But how do we do it? Well, it's a daily choice. Maybe this week, boys and girls, it's helping wash the dishes for your mom and for your dad. Maybe it's making your bed, boys and girls. I know the kids in the room are going, what? Why is he telling us this? And the moms are going, yes, amen. Help take out the trash, feed the pets, do anything you can to serve in your house. And all of us together, that the more we serve, the more we serve each other, the more we serve at home, the more we serve in our workplace, the more people are gonna see Jesus through us. That's the ultimate goal is that, man, people would see Jesus through my lifestyle. The greatest way to do that is to serve. When we look at Proverbs 31, it says that this woman, she serves her house. Verse 10 through 20, it says she serves her family. She serves her husband. She finds ways to help out. And don't read Proverbs 31 with a sense of discouragement, thinking I'll never be able to be a Proverbs 31 woman. Because the truth is, you're at church, God's already set you up and empowered to be a Proverbs 31 woman. And every day we're getting stronger and stronger. And men of God, God's already set you up to be a man after God's own heart. He's already prepared. You say, well, Paul, I got a bad past. Well, guess what? Every person that God used in the Bible didn't have a perfect past, but God picked them up, gave them a fresh start, and they walked in the wisdom of God. Choose to serve. Wisdom serves. And last but not least, oh, and on serving, let me say this. I remember one time my grand-grand took me on a manners trip, and it was a trip. We went away two days to Oklahoma City where she taught me how to be a servant. She said, I'm going to teach you how to have manners. I'm not getting out of the car until you get out and open the door. When we walk up towards a restaurant, I'm not walking in until you open the door. Come on, chivalry is still alive in Tulsa, Oklahoma at Victory Church. She said, Paul, I'm gonna, I want you to learn how to say thank you, how to say please, how to say yes ma'am, no sir, yes sir, no ma'am. We're gonna learn words of respect and we're gonna walk in servant leadership because the way you serve and how you serve is preparing the harvest of people down the road who might serve you. So be a servant leader. Set that example. Sow those seeds. Number four, last but not least, she grasps the power of her words. She grasps the power of her words. Proverbs 31, verse 26, says that on her tongue is kindness. When she speaks, she speaks with a language of kindness. I wanna encourage you, your words matter. The way you talk to each other, it matters. There were times where I said a bad word to my brother John, because he had hurt me and we would you know, get in some fights and my mom and dad would have to spank us. And uh, one time, instead of spanking me, my mom actually took soap and washed my tongue. What's up with that? That doesn't happen today. But you know what? It helped me, it made me learn a lesson. Some of y'all are like, oh my goodness. Hey, I turned out okay, I'm alive, all right? He's okay, he's still breathing. But you know what I learned? I learned not to have a potty mouth. I learned not to speak mean words to my brother. And you know what? It's so important in our culture today that we would speak words of kindness to our parents, to our children, to our spouse. It's so tempting. Proverbs says that 
Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You can speak life into a person or you can speak death. There was a single parent mom who was stressed because she had two sons to raise. Her husband had left her for another woman. And her two sons were in a bad environment, wasn't a good situation. But she chose to speak life over her two sons. She began to just call things out that were not as though they were. She said, you guys are gonna be successful. You guys are blessed. You're gonna do great things. And today, those two sons, one of them became a top engineer. The other one is Dr. Ben Carson. Dr. Benjamin Carson, top medical doctor, brain surgeon, and he grew up to be, look at that, think big. He had a mom who chose to speak life when she could have spoken death. No matter what the circumstances are in your life, choose to speak words of life. You'll never go wrong. Wisdom speaks life. It's that path. You're standing there at the fork in the road. Should I say a mean word or should I say a kind word? Choose to speak life. You know, Jesus was looking at a woman in Luke 7, 11, who was faced with a dead son in her arms. In that moment, Jesus could have said, man, you're in a bad situation. But it says that Jesus touched the son and he spoke life over that dead situation. Today, I wanna say something to the moms, the dads, the people in the room that are praying to get pregnant. Life is inside you. I speak life over whatever is dead. I speak life over your prodigal son. I speak life over your prodigal husband. I speak life over your womb that you will have that child in Jesus' name. I want us to stand to our feet all over this room. Four things we can do. We can choose to honor. We can choose to laugh. We can choose to serve. And we can choose to speak life. When we do these things, we, we end up on a good path that leads us to a good destination. Amen? Okay. Before you close your eyes... One more illustration, the balloons. You're either going to help people rise up or you can take a needle and pop that balloon. Here's how you help them rise up, by speaking life into them. You're breathing air into those people around you. You yourself, encourage yourself in the Lord. There's times where people forget to encourage me and I can't rely upon their encouragement to feel good about myself. I have to stand there and say, Paul, you're valuable. There's a calling on your life. There's a destiny in front of you. Walk this out. Rise up. Get up from that mistake. Get back on the bike. No matter what happened in front of you or no matter what's happened behind you, get back up. Proverbs says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he will rise again. Come on. All over this room, God has a plan for you. Choose wisdom. With every head bowed, 